the John Curley Sherry Ellicker Show. And... and now she's not wearing her glasses anymore. Oh, took them off, did you, huh? Teeny tiny. And there's Andrew and Joe is back. The whole gang is here for you. And you are here for us as well as you write to us at MyNorthwest.com. You text as well. The Muckleshoot Casino Resort text line at one 973 Lots of news to get to. Drive it in and What's that buzz? What's that buzz? Well, Tucker Carlson has gone to Russia. Sat down with Putin. Talked to Putin. Uh, last time Putin talked to anybody was some guy from NBC back in, what was it, 2017, 2017, 2017, I think he was back there. Um, so Tucker Carlson's going to sit down with Putin. The reason he wants to talk to Putin is, well, did he talk about it in this little clip we yeah, have of him? Yeah, he gives an explanation. Yes. Okay, here he goes. Yeah, so, well, you're going to have to play it for me. Can you play it for me? Anybody? Huh? Huh? Stand wait, wait, by. I can get it. Nope, nope. Standing by. I'm not going to stand by. Okay. Not standing by. I got it right here. He breaks down as to why they're doing this in the interview uh, We're report. in Moscow tonight. We're here to interview the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin. We'll be doing that soon. Here's why we're doing it. Two years into a war that's reshaping the entire world, most Americans are not informed. They have no real idea what's happening in this region, here in Russia or 600 miles away in Ukraine. But they should know. They're paying for much of it. This war has utterly reshaped the global military and trade alliances and the sanctions that followed have as well. And in total, they have upended the world economy. And yet the populations of the English-speaking countries seem mostly unaware. They think that as nothing has really changed. And they think that because no one has told them the truth. Their media outlets are corrupt. They lie to their readers and viewers. And they True. do that mostly by omission. True. For example, since the day the war in Ukraine began, American media outlets have spoken to scores of people from Ukraine, and they have done scores of interviews with Ukrainian President Zelensky. We ourselves have put in a request for an interview with Zelensky, and we hope he accepts. But the interviews he's already done in the United States are not traditional interviews. They are fawning pep sessions, specifically designed to amplify Zelensky's demand that the U.S. enter more deeply into a war in Eastern Europe and pay for it. That is not journalism. It is government propaganda propaganda of the ugliest kind, the kind that kills people. At the same time, our politicians and media outlets have been doing this, promoting a foreign leader like he's a new consumer brand. Not a single Western journalist has bothered to interview the president of the other country involved in this conflict, Vladimir Putin. Most Americans have no idea why Putin invaded Ukraine or what his goals are now. They've never heard his voice. That's wrong. We paid for this trip ourselves. We took no money from any government or group nor are we charging people to see the interview. It is not behind a paywall. Anyone can watch the entire thing, shot live to tape and unedited, on our website, tuckercarlson.com. Elon Musk, to his great credit, has promised not to suppress or block this interview once we post it on his platform, X, and we're grateful for that. We are not encouraging you to agree with what Putin may say in this interview, but we are urging you to watch it. You should know as much as you can, and then, like a free citizen and not a slave, you can decide for yourself. Thanks. The problem I would have is what 
do you really think Putin's going to tell you the truth? Right? Um, no. No. And, and- so it's going to be a series of lies um, and changing the subjects. And I mean, I've seen Putin interviewed before. And, you know, the guy is a steely KGB guy. You're not going to get the truth out of him. Yeah, they did turn Lewins- uh, Zawinski into a star, right? He's speaking to the Senate and the House, and he's there in his, you know, green T-shirt. Um, everybody just loves the guy. So he's going to go over there and find out from Putin. And what's Putin going to say? Well, the Nazis are there, or we have a right to it, or the people of Ukraine wanted us to come in, and this is our attempt, and, you know, they're trying to stop us, and we deserve this land. <clears throat> I mean, it's just, you're going to hear Putin's part of it. Okay, well, at least you hear Putin's part of it. Whether It'll be interesting to see how many people tune in to watch, because I think most people have moved on, right? Um it was everybody had their Ukraine flag up on their uh, um, on their Instagram page, and they sort of moved on from other things. Now they're looking at Israel, but now they're kind of bored with that one too. So he's going to go there, and you're going to hear from Putin. But you're going to well, get the truth. Who knows? Christine on on poor said that it's absolutely absurd to assume that people haven't been trying to get Putin to talk to them for years now, and he's refused uh-huh. every interview. So what is it that Putin is hoping to accomplish by talking to Tucker Carlson? Is it because he's not affiliated with any major news outlet anymore? Did his did his handlers just really give a great pitch? Like, we're going to let you, you know, do whatever. I mean, it, it just seems odd that after all this time, he would be willing to sit down with any any journalist because he's not going to show his hand. He's not going to get there's not going to be anything revelatory about this interview. It's going to be Tucker right. Carlson and probably Tucker Carlson will be roundly criticized for either uh, acting too nice to Putin or, you know, they'll they'll be all of that conversation that why did he go there he was wasn't hard enough on him but i mean tucker carlson's a great interviewer so maybe but he'll this put has him on to the be spot. vetted right there's no way he can ask a question that hasn't been submitted and authorized right who knows he didn't say that he, they've been vetted he might say that beforehand but he didn't say it there i i can't imagine tucker carlson would want to give him all the questions ahead of time you can give him a whole bunch of questions ahead of time and then not ask those questions and then you can have putin get irritated and walk out which would be great for for tucker carlson Mm -hmm. but you know you're not held to those questions so but you get a chance to hear the other side i wanted to see if anybody in the middle of a war or previous to a war or a lot of unrest has ever interviewed so i looked up this woman she's in um from the uk her name was dorothy thompson so she went and interviewed Hitler in 1931. He showed up an hour and 10 minutes late, sat there. She asked some questions, and then he just started pounding his fist in the desk. She said it was like I was talking to somebody who was talking to 10,000 people. He was just screaming, veins coming out of his neck. I couldn't really get anything out of him. She got some credit for being able to sit down with Hitler, but really didn't really get much out of talking to Hitler. Um, remember Saddam Hussein sat down with the American journalists as well mm-hmm. um, in the middle of war there. So what you get is, you know, you get some ratings and some eyeballs for Tucker Carlson. But I don't think we're going to find out that all of a sudden there's going to be some great amount of information coming from Putin. It's going to flip how people feel about the Ukraine or feel about Russia. The media always puts this the bad good guy, the bad guy, the good guy, Zelensky, the bad guy, Putin. You know, Ukraine is one of the most corrupt countries in the world. There's a, and that's a 
list, hard list to get on because there's a lot of them on there. And Ukraine is corrupt. Russia's corrupt. And what they're fighting for and, you know, what is the end of this sort of thing. So good for Tucker Carlson for getting the interview. I do think it will be interesting to see if there is anything that's of, of you know, pretty great interest. If any of the other news, like Fox, they will never cover anything Tucker Carlson does. But CNN or someone other than the Daily Mail will actually cover the fact that, uh, you know, or, or have excerpts from the interview in their news stories. Hmm. Very good, Sherry. We shall see. What do you think? Predictions? <laughs> yes or no? I, I, I think. 60%, 40%, 30%, 10% chance? I'd say 70. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> and you at two? <laughs> at two? Brute. Um, let's see. Fox, no. MSNBC, no. Maybe, maybe CBS might. They've come around a little bit. They might. They might have some pieces of it. So, But I think the others, unless there's some big news that comes out of it. If not, if they've got some other big news they want to talk about, like, oh, why the Republicans are blocking the border the border um, bill coming out of the Senate. They'll have that in there. Uh, but uh, so I'll go 40% chance, just to make okay. it interesting. How about this is, I, I think this is fascinating. Jennifer Crumley, the mother of the Michigan school shooter, found guilty on four counts of involuntary manslaughter. Uh, the jury took two days on this thing. This is a big deal. I mean, this is precedent setting, right? Here's the jury ABC. has reached a verdict in the unprecedented trial of a oh, I just said that. I said it was a mother charged in connection with her son's deadly high school shooting in Oxford, Michigan. This is the first of its kind case in the country. Jennifer Crumbly uh, facing four counts of involuntary manslaughter after her son Ethan Crumbly opened fire at his high school in 2021, killing four classmates using the gun his parents had bought for him. They have just asked the courtroom to rise. The judge, Cheryl Matthews, back in the court, the jury entering that courtroom, about to deliver their verdict. On count one of involuntary manslaughter, as to Madison Baldwin, we find the defendant guilty of involuntary manslaughter. She's been found guilty on four counts of involuntary manslaughter. You can see Jennifer Crumbly uh, cuffed, uh, being led from that courtroom after being found guilty in connection with the school shooting in Michigan. Crumbly had taken the stand in her own defense, visibly nervous at times, breaking out in hives on the stand, telling the jury that her son showed no signs of mental illness. She and her husband were accused of ignoring the warning sign. She told jurors, quote, I wish he would have killed us instead. Prosecutors during this trial had pointed to Ethan Crumbly's journal where he wrote that, quote, my parents don't listen to me and I have zero help for my mental problems and it's causing me to shoot up the school. Don't you think that a child endangerment or child, <clears throat> excuse me, neglect charge, I don't know if I'd say more appropriate, but the the crux of this was that they were sort of absentee parents, that they bought mm -hmm. him this gun. They didn't lock up the gun. She said it was her husband's responsibility, who, by the way, will go on trial for the same thing in March. Mm -hmm. But it was also that she had this affair with this guy and multiple affairs, I guess, in her car at the Costco parking lot. And they mm. were part of this adult friend finder. And she would go off and do whatever. And then she also spent so much time with her horses. So she wasn't paying attention to his needs and to his cries for help, of which there were, were many. And she yeah. even texted her boyfriend 
the day of the shooting and said this could have been preventable if he hadn't just got, if he hadn't gone back to the classroom, which, by the way, the parents encouraged him to do because they said mm. they had to get back to work. So that's child neglect. That's that's uh, I don't know. I mean, this is going to this is hopefully going to send a message to parents, maybe to pay more attention to their kids, mental health, lock up their weapons if they think there's an issue, that type of thing. Quote, your due diligence with your child, you cannot take your own interest over your child, especially when it comes to mental health. Gun safety groups echoed the verdict, warning the parents can be held responsible. Plain and simple, the deadly shooting at the high school should have and could have had and could have been prevented if the Crumleys had not acquired a gun for the 15-year-old. Um, the decision is an important step forward, ensuring accountability and hopefully preventing future tragedies. So you think, okay, so what are the repercussions of something like this? Do other parents that have a child that is showing some signs of mental instability and wanting to act out, did they then, because of what they've seen here, did they all of a sudden step up and start parenting? Possibly. Um, do the school, the schools have a responsibility to the parents, the parents have responsibility to the schools, everyone has a responsibility to the safety of society. Why they bought them a gun, I don't know. Um, they did say why well, they had a gun and then they should have locked it up knowing that your kid is having, and obviously the kid was telling the parents this, they were aware of it, but I guess they just, she probably wanted to have an affair to get herself out of this situation, to think of something else, to be somewhere else, to be some other person and ignore her son while things were deteriorating his mind. So does this cause other parents now? And now the court has precedent. So it's like, well, you know what, Crumley versus V versus, you know, what, Michigan or whatever, the charged her on this sort of thing. Other judges will be able to say, well, there we go. They found guilty in Michigan, so we're going to be able to find you guilty as well. I don't have any problem with this. If all of a sudden parents are being held responsible for the fact that they're bad parents, you do get into this idea of, like, what is a good parent, what is a bad parent, and how much responsibility does the parent have? At what point does the parent still have control over the child once the child leaves the house? There should be upstream support for parenting. I'm a big fan of Parent Trust for Washington Children. Look them up. Small little organization goes in there. If they know that the kid's born to parents that have some problems, they then are being told by the hospital. They then offer services. They come in. They teach the father how to father. They teach the mother how to father. They how the mother how to mother. They try to break the chain of abuse that exists so often. If you were abused as a child, you will abuse the child when you have a child. And Parent Trust for Washington Children steps in, intercedes, stops, breaks that chain, and stops the next generation from abusing their offspring. So small organizations that help like that, in this case, for this woman, um, now other judges will say, you have a responsibility for the behavior of your child. I, I'm, I'm I do all think for that. that. Someone has to be held accountable. Yeah, yes. it's, it's whether or not it will motivate other parents. If they're paying attention already, then they right, will have exactly. taken this, the steps. So it exactly. won't really mean anything, but it will bring perhaps some very small form of justice uh, to the families that right, at for least the somebody's kids, held yeah. Yep. Yeah, is, is culpable for this beyond the shooter because often the shooter is killed. Right. So then you could start to go down the line the last year. So the girl that went into that Christian school and slaughtered those people that was having all sorts of mental problems or the parents responsible for that behavior. I've read all that stuff in the Columbine parents. Like, well, we had no idea. We didn't know they were building bombs in the basement. We didn't know they were. 
and those parents got a pass on this. I was like, mm-hmm. no, no, no. You don't know what they're doing in the basement. You don't know that they're building bombs down there. I got an idea. Why not go down to the basement? Mm-hmm. Why not talk to your kids? Get in there. You have a responsibility to everybody else. Yeah. So, well, you're right. Good for the for the four families um, and for everybody else. Maybe these parents serving time will send some message. We'll see. What would talk radio be without Gen Z and TikTok, Sherry? Huh? I have we no idea. Oh. Well, which one do you want to talk about? You want to talk about the birth? This is something I thought was a given. I, I'm surprised there's oh, hold on. a over this. That's good news to me. Yeah, Sherry, go ahead. <laughs> so an influencer on TikTok started this debate, mm-hmm. which got, you know, 18 oh. gazillion billion people to weigh in on right. it. And right, if you, right. it's, it's about if you invite people to a restaurant for your birthday, who should pay? Now, she says, if you're doing the inviting, you're picking the restaurant, you shouldn't obligate your guests to pay for that dinner. You should pay for it. Well, that's what started this brouhaha, and people said, no, that's not fair. If they invite you to a restaurant, everybody okay. should foot the bill or something. I think she'll explain. Here, here she is. It's my she opinion is. that if you uh, invite uh, people uh, to a restaurant of your restaurant. choosing for your birthday, you should uh, pay for everybody. I know that's going to be deeply unpopular, but... Oh, God, this voice. I know. They've been popular. Let's just spread out every word that we can. And then the bottom of the the last word, that's called vocal fry. I just think that you can't pick a restaurant and ask people to come and celebrate you and pay for themselves. And in some friend groups, it's even expected that you split the cost of the birthday person too. If I invite a group of people somewhere to celebrate me, that's my treat because I organize it and I'm asking them to come. Yes. Pick an expensive yes. restaurant and expect everybody to pay. And in this person's case, then get pissy when they say, I'm sorry, I can't afford that is really bad manners. Let's start out with the fact that it's your birthday and you're planning your own party. <laughs> that's a pretty good sign. Right. There's right. a problem to begin with. Okay. And so the, then the her, people that you yeah. invite are going to be mad at you because they don't like you that much anyway because they didn't throw the birthday party for you. Yeah. So like you, hey, I'm having a party for myself, Peter Brady, and I mm-hmm. party for myself. And then do you then whack them with the bill? I, mean, I think it's go. unfair when someone chooses a really expensive restaurant for a birthday dinner and it's causing this disagreement with the friend right now. But for his birthday, he chose a restaurant and the cheapest entree is $41. And so I didn't. Go and now he's mad at me. The reason I decided not to go is because the plan was dinner and then going out, and the place he chose to go out already had a $35 ticket, and I am a little bit broke as it is, so I was like, okay, I'll skip the dinner and then just go out. I thought that was a good compromise because I would still be seeing him on his birthday, and the dinner just wasn't appealing to me. Like the item I would actually get on the menu was $47 because the $41 item was a bird. Okay, okay, whoa! (laughs) Shrinking my brain. He goes on to describe what he thinks the burger would be like. Do you okay. really want to do no, that to yourself? No, I'm just saying. That's no, 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 it's okay. Let's see how long you can take it. Okay. Burger, just like the burger and the patty. And it was like, I had fries for $11. And you know at a fine dining restaurant, a burger is just going to be like three bites. And I also don't eat red meat. But when I met them out after the dinner, it was clear that the vibe was a little bit off. And a mutual friend was like, yeah, he was talking shit, like kind of mad that you didn't go. And I was like, yeah, I don't really know what to say. I'm not really looking to spend the equivalent of a week of grocery money on a single night out. Like... It's your friend's birthday. Mm-hmm. He's a good man. 
go to the party. <laughs> no, again, if you having been poor and going out to dinner with a, with twelve of us, we were all actors, and the bill came around, and it was like, well, I had the I had the you know the salad, so they throw in like eight bucks or something. You know how many times the bill had to go around on the little tray while we all kicked in our money? Six uh, times. It was uh, yeah. embarrassing for the person whose party it was. They're sitting there. Terry's like, uh, we don't have enough yet. And go around again. Go by like the fourth time around. People yeah. are like, hey, hey, you know what? Yeah, but you, I know you only had the salad, but you had three glasses of wine. So kick in. And people are like, then they're still calling each other out. And there's some cheapskate in the corner just throwing in $7. And every time the, the little, you know, little tray would go by them, they wouldn't add anything else. That's expensive. People figure it out. Throw the money in. Throw the tip in. You know, that's why restaurants will add an additional charge, 20%, because they know a bunch of people, a bunch of people at a party, 10 people or 20 people at the table. They're going to rip the waiter off because it's all they can do to possibly kick in enough money for the dinner. But again, the bigger question you should have that should answer is like, why are you throwing your own birthday party? I think some people feel like if they don't do that, everybody is so busy, they'll never get around to it. So let me let me just have everybody get together. And I'm sure there is some tepid response when they say, um, no, we'll pay for yours. No, 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 no. It's OK. No, it's all right. No, you do it anyway. Right. No, you do it no. anyway. Yeah. And then you, then everybody feels obligated. And it's just it's awkward. And if you know you've got friends that are in a certain situation with money, it's yeah. just rude. Why Why would you put somebody in that position? If this guy's saying it was buy groceries or buy that hamburger and go to the club, the poor guy. I mean, I, you know, he's he's a little odd, but I think that the, the fact that he's down to that, that, if he's a good enough friend, he would know that and say, hey, I want you to come. I'll pick up your, your, your part. No problem. Yes. Whatever. Right. Exactly. Plus... Be careful. Having been invited to dinners with extremely rich people, I always say to Nick, I'm like, really? We really want to go to this thing? Oh, my God. Like $300 or something. They're ordering bottles and bottles of wine, which I'm not drinking because I get a headache. So I know I'm kicking in for the wine, but if you're hanging with the rich, you're going to eat with the rich. You're going to have to pay the bill, and that's just part of the deal. By the way, if the person you're eating with at the party all of a sudden pulls out their wallet, yeah, let me grab my stuff. Phone, keys, wallet. We're good to go. Oh, Someone call me. Oh, what is that? Stop it in your skinny jeans, millennial. Yeah, nobody, if you're how old? If you're over 30, you shouldn't carry a wallet. Well, it is? It, this is mostly Gen uh, Gen Z, so it's it's younger people, but eh, somewhere around eighteen to thirty five. But mostly the younger folks are saying a wallet is so uncool. You're so old. It's so passe. Don't do it. Ancient millennial <laughs> doesn't understand millennials. The wallet. Apparently, there's a new way that we can age ourselves, and it's by having oh, a wallet. Apparently, what? Gen Z uses their phone as their wallet, so they have all their pay in their wallet. They have their ID in their wallet. How do you have your ID in your wallet? Is this a thing? Did I miss the memo? Yeah, yeah, can't, can't. You gotta have your driver's license. Well, I think you can. There's something you can do to get everything in your wallet. I mean, on your phone. But to me, it's like that's like if you lost your wallet, if you lost your phone, or something happened to your phone. Or it wasn't charged up. You're stuck. Everything's there. I like having a wallet. Me too. 
I'm excited about wallets. I, I, I no, I, I like I like wallets. I, I get you know kind of cool ones. So you, I, oh, do you? <laughs> Why don't you, you talk got, about it on Gooch? TikTok, Sherry? Why don't you talk about your wallet on All right, TikTok? So it's really important for me to sort of accessorize in ways that are faster, cool. talk faster. Okay, so what I'm saying is like, okay, you can have a really big old purse and everything, but then when you pull out your wallet and it's kind of super cool, and then it goes, wow, that is a really cool wallet. I'm like, yeah, I know. Like I wanted to spend the money on a small accessory because I could really get, do something funky and I don't have to do it uh, like as a big purse, so I carry it around. It's just like one little thing and it makes you interesting. That's good news to me. <laughs> All right. When you're a kid and you watch your dad get ready to go to work or something, and my father had the wallet on top of the thing. I used to love he had an alligator skin wallet. I thought it was so cool. Couldn't wait to get an alligator skin wallet. Saved up my money, bought the wallet, had no money to put in it because I spent it all on the wallet. Did your dad call wallet. it a wallet or a billfold? <laughs> <laughs> a wallet. Oh, not my Wait, dad. Where it a is my wallet? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm always amazed those guys that have the the money really well organized, and then they got a money clip. You ever seen that one? Oh, pull sure. Up, they pull the money, and then they they lick the side of their thumb. <laughs> yeah, counting out the 20, 30, 40. And It's all organized. You know, they got the big bills on the outside. Oh, and then, Trevor does that. He has, of he course. Has complete, <laughs> he has if I want to get money from him, I know if I'm looking for a smaller bill, I just go to the bottom of the pile. Because he always puts it in order. And they're all organized. All the faces are going the same way. Of you know, course. George is headed, and there's of Abraham. Course. Yep, they're it's all general. lined up. Yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah. Yep. I was reaching in my pocket, and some old bent up. Oh, yeah, here's a 10. It's all oh, I know. busted up. Yep, yeah. Or one that I found in the washing machine that was in my back pocket. Oh, don't you feel richer when all of a sudden, a like, hey! Look at that! <laughs> Found money! I'm up 20. Here we go with the John Curley Sherry Elliger Show and Teeny right over there. Oh. She's ice. You wearing glasses now, Teeny? Right! This isn't any glasses, Sherry. Just trying to make mm. it smarter. You can write to us at mindorthwest.com. You can uh, text us. The, uh, Muckleshoot Casino Resort, text line one 973 Well, the Swedes have decided that um, they're going to do like a special lunch hour, which is basically coffee. They don't, t- they don't eat a lot at lunch. Uh, there was a time in 2012, 13, 14, they, at lunchtime, they were heading out to a disco. Imagine that. All the people that you'd work with would go to a lunchtime disco and dance. <laughs> That'll be weird, but um, that was a tradition. I don't know if it's still going on or not. But now they decided, no, what they're going to do is they're going to um, take long coffee breaks to sort of, you know, spend more time with their fellow Dear workers. President Macron, I am so looking forward to welcoming you to Sweden. But first, yes. let me yes. introduce you to some Swedish things and behaviors. Okay. In Sweden, we have a saying that goes... Everybody get that? All right. No such thing as bad weather, only bad clothing. Well, you will hear this if you start complaining about the snow. Mm -hmm. We also have this very important thing called fika. If you try to skip this opportunity to sit down, have some coffee and a kanelbulle, there will be serious consequences. And lastly, Mm -hmm. we love to stand in line. If you try to jump the queue, trenger day, 
we will be very angry, but still stay silent. We might write you an lap, an angry note. Swedes do not like to make a scene in public. Now you are more than prepared for your stay. Mr. President, welcome to Sweden. Hmm. So fika is a pretty I think big tradition in Sweden. Some places it's mandatory in terms of the workplace. What IKEA is one of them. And mm. it's a coffee break that involves one person organizing it uh with pastries and things like that. Sometimes they have them twice a day. And mm -hmm. this is a chance for people to I guess bond with each other, talk to uh -huh. each other outside of projects or, you know, just kind of a general getting together. It seems uh -huh. like this would take up a lot of time. I mean, well, they work twice a six hour week. They work a six hour day, Sherry. So We're down to six hours. So if it's, it's one if hour, doing one this, hour at lunch. Mm -hmm. So if somebody is doing this two times a day, if a company is doing this two times a day and they still get lunch, they're working like mm -hmm. 11 minutes. I mean, it's, it's like a lot of, Because you should see these pictures. There's like donuts or pastries and all this stuff. And I would imagine if you did it every day, people would get so sick of each other that they, would, mm. they wouldn't want to do it. They just want to stay in their office. And I mean, but you see how people come out for birthday cake or pizza. Oh, oh, yes. I was at Cairo the other day and there was actually somebody using that little rollabout thing with the red cushion on top. I think it was somebody in sales had gotten that <laughs> thing and rolled it over to somebody's desk. It's underneath that we did. We talked about this, Joe, what Jacob was doing. It's this box that's got a, you're supposed to open concept, just get on the little roller box and roll that over. It's got a filing cabinet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I got one of those. I got two of those. I know you do. Ah. We roll. I'm going to roll my little box over to you and then sit there <laughs> at the corner of your desk. Now I'm going to roll my little box back over and slide it under my desk. Oh, coffee, Who Fika. designed those things? <laughs> I've never rolled mine. No, that, that, mine's covered in dust and dirt and stuff. And then the other day, my phone rang. I don't know how to work that, so I just picked it up and hung it back up again. That works out best. <laughs> Stop ringing. Oh, always the professional. Yeah. <laughs> or you do the thing, uh, hi, because I don't know how to transfer anybody. Hi, yeah, just a second, I'll transfer. Now, if you get, if we get disconnected for some strange reason, call back on another <laughs> line, and you bang. Somebody else's problem. I got a box to roll. 